You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Take Me to Your Leader, Part 3. Enjoy. This is living now. God, we thank you. This is living now. God, we thank you that we're alive, that you defeated our enemy, you defeated death, and we're alive this morning. We're alive. We've been given life by you. You've made us alive with Christ Jesus. You raised us from the dead and you seated us with your son at your very own right hand. And we didn't ask you to do it. You loved us so much that you did it. You did it, God. You gave your son. No one asked you to do it, but you did it. And we're alive and this is living. This is what life is all about, being one with you experiencing you every day. We are those who have tasted and seen and know that you are good. And I thank you, Father, for your anointing upon our lives and for your anointing upon the word as it goes forward today here and through the internet that whoever would hear your word would receive it and be changed forever by your amazing, unstoppable, chain-breaking, delivering, setting free love. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Boy, his love just can't be beat. It can't be overcome. We're so glad for your love, Father. Your love has changed us forever, and we receive it. We drink it up this morning. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to your name. We just drink of your spirit this morning. We thank you for life abundantly, life more and better than we've ever dreamed of. God, this is living now. Thank you for bringing us to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wow. Well, we had a a message for Father's Day last Sunday called My Father's Voice, and if you didn't get a chance to hear that, uh, you can hear that online at highwaychurch.us. Just click on the podcast. They're all free. But we're going to continue today with a series we began before Father's Day called Take Me to Your Leader. <laughs> and what are we talking about in this series? Well, we're talking about alien life on planet Earth. That's what we're talking about. And speaking of alien life, you want to hear some good outer space jokes? I don't know if you saw the famous restaurant chain that opened up uh, their first restaurant on the moon. Did you guys see that? And, and, and the people said the food was great, but they didn't like it because there was no atmosphere. <laughs> All right, who can tell me how fast the speed of light is? Oh. Per second, yeah. So what's a light year? Anybody know what a light year is? It's really, yeah. Well, it's really the same as a regular, regular year. It just has less calories. That's what I mean. All right. So we're talking about alien life on planet Earth. We're talking about who we really are as disciples of Christ, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, and why we're here. 
Well, who are you anyway? Well, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you've believed on the name of Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, the truth is the Scriptures teach you that you are no longer of this world. Wow. You used to be, but you're not now. You're now born of God. You've been born of this alien, incorruptible seed that's not of this world. You've been born of him. You've been born of God. You've been born from above. In fact, Jesus, speaking of his disciples in John 17, verse 16, said they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. How about that? And if you'll read farther in John 17, he's not just praying for the disciples that were with them, but for all who would believe on the word on him through the word they preach. John chapter 1, verse 11 says, He came unto his own, that's Jesus, and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's you and me, right? Which were born, I love this, born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is a God thing. Man could not have done this. We're born of God. Man, man had no say in the matter. This was not man's initiative, so we don't belong to the world anymore. We don't belong to mankind anymore. We're a different race. We're a different breed. We belong to God. It's important to think of yourself in that way. In fact, the word alien, we said, we learned earlier in our series, comes from the Latin word, which means belonging to another. That's us. That describes us perfectly. We don't belong to man. We don't belong to this world. We belong to God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I like it. In one verse, it tells us who we are and why we're here. I like that. Sums up our series in one verse. This is talking about anyone who's put their faith in Jesus Christ. So this is you it's talking about, right? If you've put your faith in Christ, you are a chosen race. Wow. A royal priesthood. Do you realize that about yourself? Right? A holy Nation, you're holy now. <laughs> you're holy. Who's holy? You are holy because of what Christ did for you. A people for God's own possession. Why? That you may proclaim, which is what we're doing right now, show forth, display, another translation says, the excellencies of him who has called you. Out of darkness. Thank God for yes, that. Oh, it's no fun to be in the dark. Mm -hmm. You stub your toe in the dark. You trip over things. Someone can knock you over the head in the dark. But when the lights come on, everything changes. You can get where you need to go when the lights are on. Call you out of darkness. Yeah, you can see the shampoo bottles <laughs> falling in the dark, right? Uh, you'll have to ask Jessica what's that all, what that, that's all about. 
And he's brought us into his marvelous light. Now, verse 10, look at this. For you once were not aliens, right? But now you are aliens. Now you are the people of God. Now you do belong to another. You used to not belong to him, but now you do. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So the difference between an alien and someone of this world is someone who's received God's mercy. Not someone who does everything perfectly. Right? For we've received his mercy. 11, look at verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as aliens. (laughs) I love the Bible. I urge you as people belonging to another. Right? See, our motivation is different now. Because we belong to him. So we do what we do for different reasons now. Hallelujah. So this is who we are. We're a chosen race. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're a people that belong to God. We're God's own possession. And we're on earth on a mission. And our mission is really simple. There's two parts to it. The first part is to know and experience Christ personally. And part two is to help others know and experience Christ. There's our mission. Simple, right? To know and experience Christ, we're not going to look at it today, but you can look at Philippians 3.10 in the Amplified. That sums up the mission perfectly. To progressively become more intimately and deeply acquainted with the wonders of his person. That's what we're on earth for. That's our primary motivation. That's what we build our lives on, to experience more of Christ every day. And it's exhaustless. If you've you've tasted of some of his wonders in your life, it's nothing compared to what he wants to do tomorrow in your life and today in your life. All right? And then the second part is that is leading others into this progressive, growing, intimate, vibrant relationship with Christ that they could experience and know personally the one who made them. It's good to know the one who made you, to know why you're alive, to know why you're on earth, to know who you really are, and to walk with the one who puts you together in your mother's womb. So our mission is to take them to our leader, right? And we've learned so far in this series from Ecclesiastes 3.11 in the Amplified, we won't go there today, but we learned that every human being, regardless of where they're born, has this innate hunger and thirst in their heart to know God. It's not an American thing. It's not a Massachusetts thing. It's not a Canadian thing, it's not a Singapore thing, it's not a Chinese thing, it's not um, an Ethiopian thing, it's not a Colombian thing or a Brazilian thing, it's a human race thing. Every human being is born with this hunger and thirst in their heart to experience God and to know Him in a very real way. However, there is an enemy on planet Earth, Satan called him the God, excuse me, Paul, called him the God of this world. Jesus called him the ruler of this world. Satan is his name. He's the enemy of mankind. 
And any struggle that you have on this earth is not because of man. Any, any ungodly decision that is made in government is not because of man. There are spirits of wickedness in the spirit realm that are doing everything they can to influence leaders in our nation, in our state, in our communities, in our churches, right? To make ungodly decisions. And one of the things that Satan tries to do, his, his chief task, objective, is to deceive people. Is to get them to try and satisfy this innate hunger and thirst to know God with something else or someone else. Maybe through a relationship with somebody or maybe through an, a career or through um, success or through religion. That's a biggie. Right. Through religion, right? Um, and, and he wants to distort people's image of God. He wants to do whatever he can to keep people from coming to the one who made them and tasting and seeing how good he really is. That's what he's all about. And it's important as aliens that we recognize this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, the apostle Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit. And he says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3, he says, but if our good news, good news, right? We don't have any bad news for anybody. If our good news, that's what the gospel means, means good news. Good news be hid. Now, I've learned this about the, the Greek words that are used here for gospel. Uh, I heard from another uh, minister, Andrew Womack, saying that th this Greek phrase that, that we've translated in English as the gospel, that it was only found in two other instances outside of the New Testament in only two other writings outside of the New Testament because this term gospel or good news was so superlative that writers didn't feel they could really use it. But boy, is it used in the scriptures. It is superlative. It almost seems too good to be true. But boy, is it true. All right? So that's what we're talking about, this almost too good to be true news. If it's hid, it's hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious, seemingly too good to be true news of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Isn't it a wonderful feeling when you're trying to find something and, 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 and the lights, are, you don't have enough lighting and someone comes in uh, and and and, sh and with a flashlight, or someone says, here, turn the light on, the lights come on, a lamp comes on, and what you were looking for was only 12 feet away from you, but you couldn't see it because you didn't have enough light. There are a lot of people in that situation in their lives. The answer is that Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. It's near you. It's not far away. But the reason they're struggling is because of what they've been told about God. Because Satan has distorted this, their image of God. And they, they, haven't, they don't realize that through faith in Christ, they can be set free from the thing that, that's holding them back. That they can find what they're looking for through Christ, that when you put your faith in Christ, the lights come on. Hallelujah. So Satan's in the earth, but we're in the earth. 
Who's greater? Right? Greater is Christ in you than he that is in this world. So if it's a match between Satan and you, my money's on you. Right? Because Christ is living in you. Apart from Christ, we don't have a chance. But we're not apart from Christ. We're one with him now. He's living in us. And he's not going to leave if things get tough. He's not going to leave if you make a mistake. All right? He's in you. You're one. You're, you're together forever. You can rest in that. You can know he's yours and you're his. And he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never fail you. So Satan's in the earth, but we're in the earth. And we are those who've eaten the bread of life. We've eaten the bread of life. And it's better than any bakery in the earth. Right? Now, great bakery right over here. But I'm talking about a supernatural bread. The bread of life. We've eaten of this bread. It never gets stale. It doesn't need any preservatives, right? It's always fresh and hot. And we've tasted and we've seen and we know that God is good. All give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. And his mercy runs out every 20 years. No. And his mercy endures forever. So as aliens, as those who eat the bread of life daily, we're in this earth to let people know that God is good. And his mercy endures forever. When people meet us, and get to know us and spend time with us, they'll come to know how good he is. That's our mission, right? Not to um, badger anyone, not to harass anyone, but to simply let the goodness of God radiate in our lives, to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do in us. So when we meet people, we're not nervous, we're not thinking, oh, I've got, to, I've got to go preach to that person. I've got to go tell them about Jesus. Oh, I've got to go. No, we're just walking with the Holy Spirit yes. in the unforced rhythms of his grace. And we're being led by the Spirit. Yes. There are times God will lead me to say something to someone. And very rarely is it a scripture right off the bat. Very rarely. Usually it's, hey, how you doing? Oh, hey, I was looking for one of those two in a store or whatever. It's just something very uh, normal. You know, the, and you start having a conversation, then maybe a few minutes, all of a sudden there's a little leading. I say, you know, I, 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 can, I can relate to what you're feeling, and I used to feel that way. But I started to trust in Christ, and it's amazing the change that's taken place in my life. But it's led by the Spirit, right. all right? There's no, Satan will try and pressure you to do things that, that you think will please God, and, and you're doing it in your own initiative, and you won't get the same results. Right. We're walking with the Spirit. The unforced rhythms of grace. See, God is the, he's leading and guiding us. It's not, we're not the commanders of this, right? He's our leader. We're just following him. And there are times he doesn't leave me to say anything, you know? I just, uh, just have a normal conversation, but we're listening. We're led by the Spirit. And we want people to know as they have spend time with us that every good and perfect gift comes from him. James 1.17. We want people to know as they get to know us, as they spend time with us and see the smile on our face, 
because we know God's meeting our needs. We're spending time with him privately in our homes, right? We got, that, we got that alone time with him where we're worshiping him and we're trusting him privately for our needs to be met exceedingly abundantly. So when we go out, we're not worried. We're not stressed regardless of what uh, the news, news report comes out or regardless of what's taking place. We're not distressed. We're not dismayed. We've got this peace the world can't take away. So we want them to know that God sent his son that they would have life and life abundantly. See, everywhere we go, we carry this light, this confidence, this peace, this hope, this joy that nothing can take away. Now, are, are you guys ready for the external defibrillator anointing? Clear. Now, we're going somewhere. We're a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in his destiny for their lives. That's our vision statement. And vibrant things grow. We're growing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as we grow, we're going to change. Mm -hmm. There's nothing frightening about change when it's led by the Lord. Right? Right? The, the grape isn't frightened of the vine. That's its home. That's where it lives. It wants to be connected to the vine. As long as the grape's connected to the vine, it gets sweeter and juicier. We're getting sweeter and juicier. Juicier. Highway <laughs> church. That's what's happening. And the change that I'm talking about as we grow, primarily is a discarding of wrong beliefs, of wrong thinking, of wrong ideas about God, and embracing who he has revealed himself to be through Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Okay? Now, <laughs> this, is, this is big. Do you realize how many people in Massachusetts and Rhode Island came to a church at some point in their life because they, they recognized that hunger and thirst inside of them to know God, and they came to a church hoping to, to meet God, and they were told things about God that were not true. Instead, they were, they were told man's religious doctrine. They were given tradition instead of life. And a burden was laid on them that they couldn't carry. And eventually they just kept, they stopped coming. How many do you think? Millions. Millions that have impacted generations of people. So in my heart, when God spoke to my heart back in 2012 and 2013 about starting this church, we are going to have a place where no burdens are going to be laid on people. No doctrines of men are going to be slapped on to anybody coming through this door. But when people come in here, we want to lead them into relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, this can get touchy because Satan is very religious. He is. He's very, very religious. In fact, well, let's look at this. If you'll look at the ministry of Jesus Christ... God in the flesh, 
you will find the people he had the most difficult time with was, were not sinners, but were the religious people. They hated him. The religious people, the people that were in church studying the scriptures, they just, they could not agree with Christ. They always had, there was something they always found wrong that he was doing. I mean, John the Baptist ate locusts and wild honey, and they thought he was crazy. Christ came, he drank wine, they called him a drunkard. Religion will always find something wrong with the way you're living. That's how religion is. It nitpicks. And if you don't line up with its code, then you're wrong and you better change or, or, or you, you, you're not going to qualify. So people have been given this impression of God that God is harsh, God is hard, God is, is judgmental, that you've got to get your life right before you come to him. And then if you come to him, that you've got to go through this process of, of continual self-abasement to try and atone for your mistakes. And if you'll read through Acts when the, new, when the church begins and the epistles, much of the epistles in Acts, there is a correction taking place where the apostles are correcting the believers, because they were resorting, falling back into the law, and the law of Moses, which they added a bunch of stuff to, instead of growing and continuing in faith and grace. This is a big deal, and it goes unrecognized by so many. Let's take a look at this in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. As I, I've watched the reaction of, of believers over the years and so many ministers, and when something happens in, in the nation they live in, or we live in America here, boy, they, they'll, they'll, they'll get mad when, it, when an ungodly decision is made by a, a leader in government. And they'll start complaining, saying, see, it's, it, we haven't done this right, and it's, it's this pastor's fault, and that pastor should have been more bold, and, and this pastor's wrong. And, and they'll start criticizing the body of Christ. Right. The body of Christ will start criticizing the body of Christ. Right which makes no sense, right? And, the, and they'll say, well, the reason that America, you know, the, the immorality that's going on in America is because we haven't told people that we haven't preached, you know, hell to them and we haven't preached uh, fire and, and the judgment of God. And, and these same people, when something bad happens in America, they'll say, that's the judgment of God. And I want to tell you, they're wrong every time. No tragedy that's taken place is the judgment of God. They said that to Jesus about the tower that fell on the people. They said, what is that? Was that? But no, it wasn't the judgment of God. There's an enemy in this world who wants to destroy mankind. He's behind the tragedies. He's behind the tsunamis by the terrorist attacks. He's behind the tornadoes. He's behind the earthquakes. That's not a result of our loving Father. So we want to tell people the truth about our God. And in Galatians chapter 3, well, before we read this, I want you to understand that in the book of Acts, a momentous, that doesn't even begin to cover it, that word, but a massive change took place on planet Earth when Jesus rose from the dead. Right. Not, something happened that never happened before. The firstborn from among the dead was born, and then he ascended into heaven, and the Holy Spirit descended and entered mankind for the first time 
in history like never before. There are times the Holy Spirit would come upon people in the Old Testament, but he couldn't live in them. Now he began to live in mankind. A huge change took place, and this was not easy for God's people to accept. And the reason why, for hundreds of years, they had put so much emphasis on the law, so much emphasis on the law of Moses and everything else they added to it, that they couldn't even recognize God when he was standing right in front of them. That's a problem, right? That's a problem. They, to the point where you've got your little system set up and God is standing before you and you reject him and stay with your system. There's something really wrong with that. That's, that's something that causes bondage and suffering. I think religion is perhaps one of the greatest tools of Satan. I think it's a greater tool than pornography. I do. Greater tool than, than strip clubs. Because it gives these people this false idea that what they're doing is going to make a difference. And it ends up leading people deeper into bondage. So Christ comes. We're still Galatians 3. We're going to read it here in a moment. And now salvation is made available to every human being on earth through simple faith. That's radically different than anything that's ever been. And it's radically different than anything man has to offer today. So chapter 3, verse 1, Paul's writing, and look what he says. He doesn't open with a compliment. He's writing to the aliens living in Galatia. And he says, you foolish aliens, who has bewitched you? Whoa. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. What were they doing? Were, were they stealing? Were they murdering people? Were they in adultery? No. Let's keep reading. What, what were they doing for him to speak so strongly? Who's bewitched you? What does that speak of? Spirits of darkness, right? Influencing the decisions you're making. Who, who's done this? Who, 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 who's fooled you? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by, the hear, or by hearing with faith? What's the answer to that? Did they receive the Spirit of God by the works of law? No, absolutely not. It's all by faith. This new covenant is by faith. It always has been, always will be. Are you so foolish Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Are you now creating this system of atonement for your lives? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he then who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? The answer to that is hearing with faith. Even so, Abraham believed God. There were no Ten Commandments in Abraham's day. That was 430 years later. He just took God at his word. That's what God desires. That's what he's always desired. This relationship that's built on his word. And it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith, not the law, who are the sons of Abraham. And the Scripture 
foreseeing that God would justify the, justify the Gentiles, this is huge, by faith, preach the good news beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations shall be blessed in you. That's John's 3.16. For God so loved the world, right? Shall be blessed in you. It's available to every human being. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. (laughs) He's the father of our faith, not Moses. The law came through Moses. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. If you're going to live that way, if you make one mistake, it's over. If you're going to be one of these letter of the law Christians, good luck. Because you've got to do everything perfectly every moment of your life. And if you miss it once, you've broken every part of the law. That's the standard of the law. Not one of them is justified by the law before God. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident. For the righteous man shall live by faith. Verse 12. However, the law is not of faith. I didn't write this. I'm just reading the scriptures. There's no faith in the law. The power of sin is the law. Whatever is not of faith is sin, right? The law is not of faith. On the contrary, Paul called the law the ministry of death. Just so you don't think I'm creating something crazy here. The ministry of death, Paul called it. Paul called it. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit by our good works. No. Uh Uh-uh. Through faith. Through faith. See, this does, Paul was correcting them very strongly. Very strongly. Because they were going back to the law. There is a, this is not unique to any one people group. This tendency to fall into this system of codes and laws. That's part of the fallen nature. It's really self-worship is what it is, where, where it's, it's a false humility that's, dis, that, that, that's disguised by a false righteousness. It's, it's self saying that I can, I can determine what's right and wrong. I can earn my own way to God. And I'll, I will determine that if so-and-so does this, then they can earn favor with God. And if you do this, you can earn favor with God. But so-and-so has to do that, and they earn favor with God. And I've got to do this, and I'll earn favor with God. And this system of religion is so deep and so elaborate. I'm just going to give you one example. And again, this is not unique to any one people group. This is a tendency of the fallen flesh, of the sin nature. There's a doctrine out there in the body of Christ 
that teaches people that, that once you die, you don't go directly to heaven. All right? That, yes, Christ died for our sins, but he paid for our eternal penalty, but he didn't pay for the temporary penalty. So when you die, you go to a place called purgatory. The scriptures do not teach that at all. Jesus never taught that. Abraham didn't teach it. You won't find it in there. And what they, they, they set up this system where you've got to do certain things to try and alleviate some of that temporary punishment time. And, and you read the doctrine on this, it is astounding that it, literally they'll say, if you do such and such, one year of your purgatory time will be taken away. If you do such and such, three years of your purgatory time, or, or three years of a relative's, uh, a relative's already died, their purgatory time will be taken away. So, and if you believe that, man, you're motivated now. Well, I, I don't want to, I want to get out of there as soon as possible, so I'll do as much for the church as I can. I'll pay, I'll give as much money as I can. I'll say as many prayers as I can, because I want to try and alleviate the, my, my sentence in purgatory. That, my friend, has nothing to do with Jesus. I'm not trying to put anyone down. We're shining the light on the doctrines of devils. That doesn't mean that the people who, who've written these doctrines are devils, but they've been influenced by the wrong spirits. And they've laid weights on people that they can't carry. And some people go to their grave carrying these weights. And it's all in vain. I grew up like that. And, and, and I realized there's just no end to this. I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to be able to, to, uh, you know, to, to do enough things. And no one ever knows how much time you need to take away from this unknown sentence. How many years do I have to spend there? We don't know. Just keep trying to reduce it. But the scriptures teach that Christ fully redeemed us. Completely, totally, from eternally, temporary, and everything in between. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We are redeemed. How redeemed are you? Completely redeemed. Today I'm redeemed. Tomorrow I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed for the rest of eternity. It's a total redemption, spirit, soul, and body. That one sacrifice, the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, once for all, for all people and for all time. What a, a relief that is, that through faith in Christ, I don't have to go to some mysterious place for who knows how long, but the moment my spirit leaves this body, I'm in the presence of the living God forever, free from shame, free from condemnation. But we've got to talk about this stuff. It's not easy, and it's touchy, and people can get upset, but we can't go on perpetuating these teachings because it's ruining people's lives. My home was a mess growing up. So much fighting and pain going on, but boy, we had to be in church on Sunday. I, as a, as a, you know, a six-year-old, I used to wonder, why in the world are we going to church when mom's tearing apart dad and dad's tearing apart mom and there's so much pain in my home? And I was right. Why are we going? <laughs> you know, it's not doing anything. Religion will not deliver you from anything. Amen. It will lead you deeper into bondage. And Highway Church has a message of life. And we're here to proclaim this new 
kind of life, this new way of living with every weight removed through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be unto God forevermore. Oh, how much time do we have? There's more, so many more good things. Okay, let's read. Let's see what we can do here. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. We'll just pick up next week if we can't finish. We've got time. Hallelujah. Here it is again. Paul is speaking very strongly to the aliens living in Colossae. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. He says, beware. What's that? That's like the robot in, in Lost in Space, right? Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, danger. He's saying, beware. This is dangerous. Lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men. I was cheated. According to the basic principles of the, of the world and not according to Christ. Here's the basic principle of the law. If you sin, you die. It's called the law of sin and death. We all understand that. That's easy to understand, Right? But the law of the spirit of life is you've sinned, but through faith in Christ you live. The, the punishment of your sin was put on him so that you could walk free. You, that we have a hard time grasping sometimes. And, and, and some, some religious people get bitter because they're bound and they see someone come along and put their faith in Christ and be set free. And they won't say it, but they want to put a load on that person. They want to put a weight on that person because they've been bound for so long. And the reason they're bound is because they haven't put their faith in Christ. They put their faith in their tradition. So they want to strap that weight to someone else because they're happy around bound people. When you're bound, you want to be around bound people. You're uncomfortable around free people. And you want to try and stifle and dampen that freedom as quickly as possible because it threatens you. It threatens your system. And you're not comfortable outside of your, your rules and your, and your check boxes. But Christ came to set us free. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death forever. Hallelujah. Verse 9, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And for our doctrine at Highway Church, we go right to Jesus because in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. So if I can't, if I can't, justify what I believe, if it doesn't line up with the ministry of Jesus Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, I'm missing it. Then what I believe is contrary to who God is. And you are complete in him. What? Now, if you've been in religion, that'll, that'll shock you when you read a statement like that. I'm complete in Christ? Well, that kind of puts an end to all the, 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 the striving, doesn't it? God didn't come so, so that we could strive through life trying to be complete. He came so that we could be made complete through Christ. Hallelujah. We've got to end here very shortly. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. In him you are also circumcised with circumcision made Without hands. Remember John 1, 13, not of blood, nor of the will of man, nor of human decision. Same thing. This is not a man thing. 
made, in other words, this salvation that we're experiencing, this change in our life was a Holy Spirit circumcision. It's of the heart by putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Hallelujah. Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through the works of the, oh, wait a minute, sorry, no. Through faith in the working of God. So God had faith that this would work, right? Who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you, having forgiven you of 75% of your, no, of all trespasses. Wow, so if we're forgiven and complete, well, why, why even come to church? To worship God, to celebrate, yes. right? Yes. To let the whole world know that there is new life waiting for you if you just put your faith in Jesus. So we do all these things. We get up early on a Sunday morning. We come, we unload all the gear. We sit up, we plug in. We do all this not out of guilt. Oh, no. no. We're motivated, man, because we want people to taste and see how good God is. We want people to eat the bread of life. We want to see those weights taken off. We want to see them walk in the unforced rhythms of God's grace. There's much more to say. Come next Sunday. We're going to continue. We're going to talk about some things that are touchy, but we got to talk about them because we're growing. And I want people coming in these doors in the next six months, 250 by 1225. I want them to experience the life that only Christ can bring. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time this morning. We love you. Lord, you break every chain. You break every bond. And you set us free. And we're not afraid to talk about difficult things because you are the light of life. And Father, we, we ask right now that you would just increase in every way in our lives. Live giant in us, more giant today than yesterday, more giant tomorrow than today. Be ever increasing in us. And I pray for anyone here, um, if you're here this morning, whatever need you have, we've already received the, the supply and the, the meeting of that need. And I want to pray for you that if you came here this morning with an anxious heart or anxiety in your mind, I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for the peace of Jesus Christ to permeate every mind and every heart here this morning. That your peace, the soundness of mind that you have come to give in all of us, would reign in every mind. The peace that surpasses understanding. That your joy would shatter and destroy any depression that might be present here in anyone's life. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good he is.